How's it going, folks? Thanks for stopping by Castle Talk Radio, also known as Kaiser's Castle, uh, on YouTube. Um, this is my first show with uh, PSN, Public Streaming Network. Um, enjoy it. Known uh, Angel for a lot of years. Um, did a great show with uh, Bill and Nancy. I think Angel will remember that show on PTSD. And uh, my bona fides are I started out in the Army during the Cold War as a military policeman. 95 Bravo at that time. It's now 31 Bravo. They changed the MOS designation number. 5811, military policeman in the Marine Corps. And went on to a couple different federal agencies. Two of them were DOD. The other one was with Homeland Security, which I have to make a correction from Angel's show today when it was Kaiser's Corner. They're called port directors. They are port managers, but it's called a port director. That's the official title. That's the SES Special Executive Service designation for them. Those are the folks that when people talk about the deep state or the shadow government back in the day during Art Bell, uh, they would conflate and not understand that those are the people that make six figures within the federal government. And those are the people that are a problem. And with that being said, uh, Angel, if you want to come in and tell them about the Bill and Nancy show and, and whatever you wanted to say real quick. Well, I just wanted to welcome you to uh, PSN Radio. And uh, I know that, uh, you know, I can validate one thing. We've definitely known each other for a very long time. And uh, uh, Bill and Nancy, legendary, of course, we did... Uh, I produced their show and co-hosted with them on uh, Future Theater over on this network and on uh, Dark Matter uh, with uh, Art Bell's uh, lead-in show uh, over there. And that was a lot of fun for a couple of years. We did that and a lot of fun memories, man. But your show really always stood out. And it's just awesome to have you on here with us and uh, talk about you know your experiences because again you're boots in the ground you're one of the guys who went through this and are still going through it and uh, you understand a little bit more of an insight uh than most of us because i have not experienced uh the military or the army or any of these factions firsthand so i always go by firsthand information and knowledge myself so having you on the network has always uh, you know been a pleasure and now to have you on for a full hour is going to be a lot of fun so welcome Awesome. Thanks a lot, brother. It's really awesome that uh, I get to talk to your folks because they just hear me in Kaiser's Corner. And now you're going to actually get some in-depth things. And the intro is the game. And that was by Motorhead. And the reason why I stole this from a, a friend of mine uh, from a long time ago. He used to work for uh, EO, Executive Outcomes. He was a, a, a helicopter pilot. And he, he flew Heinz. And he used to say, war is a game. It's the ultimate game. And what he meant by that is everybody who plays that game, and there's a good video of people want to research that. Um, Christopher uh, Hedges. Chris Hedges did it, and it was called The Pornography of War. I suggest people look at that uh, video and actually listen to the speech and you understand what I mean. It is a game. And and that's why same with law enforcement. And what was the old adage Shakespeare said? All the world's a stage and we are merely players, performers and betrayers. 
That's why on write-ups, you say actor one, actor two, after an event has happened. And that's both in law enforcement, intelligence, whatever, okay? They are actors. They are acting in the commission of something. Um, so let's just get right into the game. The game's very simple. Um, I can take as long a time to explain it, and I probably should. Um, well, you we have a go- full hour to, to expand as much as you need, brother. <laughs> Thank you very much, brother man. Uh, the game's very simple. Angels heard this ancillarily because we, we talk a lot offline. But you guys haven't. So here's the thing. You will find that... Um, you Okay, a lot of people... Let me first delineate a couple different things. You have soldiers, Marines, Airmen, Navy, Coast Guardsmen. They get deployed, and they have a specific mission to fulfill. Then you have contractors, whether they're support contractors, i.e., they, they fix missiles, they fix planes. Uh, they could be uh, doing nothing more than sucking out the shit in a uh, porta potty all the way down to service workers that prepare food you know, for the people at the DFAC. And then you have a different breed. And those people, they're, they're private soldiers. Way different than, than the Army. The Army has big Army and Marines, same thing. Uh, you always have somebody that you can get support from. Contractors, that's ah, a corporation. So you can get support from that corporation through their availability. Uh, the other thing is what they call mercenary. And so I'm going to get into this in depth. I'm sure everybody out there has heard Pink Floyd's The Dogs of War. Here's the point on that one. You remember in the, in the, in the song, Angel, uh, where he says the dogs of war and men of hate have no cause, they don't discriminate, they will of take, you will give, you will die so that they may live. That that rings very true. And what I mean by that is that's just reality. Now, normally there's a food chain. You will go from military, probably some sort of federal service, so now you're getting civilianized. Then maybe you'll bounce into contracting. Maybe you won't. And then you'll go into uh, full-on mercenary work or a professional adventurer, consultant. Uh, there's, there's a whole lot of euphemisms. Most people don't like mercenary when actually, if you look it up in the dictionary, it just means reward. It means pay for war, right? So you're getting rewarded from it. And when people try to say there are bad dudes, they're wrong. What they need to realize is, is during the Renaissance, it never would have happened had it not been for mercenaries. The free companies from England. And they, they kept fighting through Europe all the way down to Italy. And while the Italians would say, oh, those are bad dudes, this, that, and the other. They would then rush out and buy them to protect their economy. 
So these are real things to uh, explain to people just on the lineage and the heredity. Although everybody says they rape and pillage. No, they were getting paid. A lot of people say prostitution is the oldest uh, profession. The problem with that is the reason why it's the oldest profession since the Battle of Kadesh in Egypt. This trade has gone on. And those men that don't have their wives with them, don't have their girlfriends, far from their countries, would go out and buy prostitutes. Do you have any input on that? Honestly, just going back on the history of it, brother. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, especially, uh, you know, this is uh, something that people don't understand how, how far back we're talking about. Because, uh, you know, we experience reality based on our limited history and a lot of folks, especially young folks, don't understand or even care to learn about the history and the facts of where, you know, we are right now and where we came from. So they're just uh, going off what they're being told by the mass media and the lies. Uh, but you're absolutely right. You know, that prostitution is, a, yeah, it's an old uh, profession, but war games, war tactics, I mean, these things have been in place for many, 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 many years. Unless, again, you're part of the uh, system, you'll never know about it, though. That's the problem. Yeah, it's like Cain and Abel, brother. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So, so here's the point on that, man. I mean, you know, death is a business. And uh, what was that? Was it a Metallica or an Anthrax song? Killing is my business, and business is good. Yes, uh, I think you're right. Yeah. It is Metallica. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it, we can laugh and joke about that. And and honestly, there is a macabre sense of humor that comes from this. I I, I point to a fact until I get deep into the game tonight. I got. I'm always going to hit you with some humor, and you guys will say it's dark, and that's okay. You know, you guys can push back or whatever on me all day long because I don't care. The point is, it, it really boggles my mind. Uh, one day, this is in Iraq, 20, 2005, in Mosul. Uh, we're driving by and this uh, suicide belt bomber uh, popped himself. He didn't kill nobody or nothing. It, it was kind of common. They get fueled up on hashish and jihad, and they'll alu-akbar a little too quickly. Um, and so the funny thing about uh, vest bombs are they pop the head off the person. That's why everybody wonders why you can ID them. First off, their heads still exist, and so do their fingerprints usually, except for the one hand. So it's pretty easily, even if, you know, it's easy to identify these fucktards. And so anyways, this dude's not just not just his head popped off, but it blew his face off because the bomb was rigged up wrong. So his face came off his skull. So you have this thing folded as we're driving by. It looked like a catcher's mitt, you know, a good broken catcher's mitt, how they fold, Angel? Yep, yep, yep. That's yep, what it looked that's like. what it looked like. <laughs> And that's a good. A, that's a good um, uh, way to describe it. <laughs> it. It honestly, that's what his face looked like. And uh, oh, wow. I looked at these guys, these troops. They're walking right by. You know, he popped himself. They're just trying to make safe the area. And I said, "Aren't you guys going to police up that dude's face?" You know, as a joke. And they just looked at me like, "Yeah, whatever." 
Like, yeah, why? But but it was a whole different time. It was a violent place. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of good jobs that you can get out there and do in the game. And they're not all violent. And you try not to. I've been to two of the most violent places on this planet. Af- one place was in Afghanistan. The other one was Mosul in Iraq. And Afghanistan, that combat outpost replaced Mosul. Um, and it's, there's an old adage that was being said in 05 and 06. Um, if somebody is a slick dude and they're working for BW doing a run every day, well, once the EFP started flowing in the explosively fired protect projectiles, they'll punch hard cars, they'll punch armor, military armor. And so everybody was like, well, I got these skills, so why don't I teach or instruct? And that became a thing. I mean, I even did it. And um, I'm not a slick dude, by the way, making sure everybody knows I'm a regular guy. There's nothing different about me. If I'm lying, I'm dying. Isn't that right there? Not uh, in the decade that I've known you. You've been pretty much the same dude the whole time, so I could confirm that much. Yeah, exactly. So... And, I've, and believe me, I, I've we've, we've spoken about this on air and off air, and I know a lot of this information already uh, because of our interactions over the last decade. And none of this uh, changes; it's exactly what it is, folks. Yeah, you're, you're getting me unfiltered, and I'm going to be honest. Uh, and and that's the only thing that I was asked to do: always be honest, and I will. I have. I lo- oh, by the way, before we get too deep in it. Notice I led with my correction. I will always do that. If there's, because I'm old, if I forget a specific type of name, I will lead with it and I will correct it. Also, that last guest you had on, Tim, he was hitting a couple subjects that I was like, man, that's juicy. That's meat on the bone. But Great guest, especially, huh? you know, yeah, and especially your, uh, telling of when your mother passed you know i've seen it on the battlefield when somebody passes you know there's a feeling everybody gets um i can't describe it and i didn't see a a miss like your father did but i did tell this story on art bell i think you remember it and i'll say it on this Mm -hmm. one since this is the first one um i was in okinawa as a marine and uh from 90 after the Gulf War, 91 to 92. And um, it was, I think, July of 91 to July of 92, if memory serves. Yeah, it was, because I left uh, July 4th from Okinawa. Anyways, I was there a couple weeks, just a regular line cop, driving, you know, learning my job on Camp Kenzer on Okinawa, which was a base that had a bunch of warehouses from Vietnam era. Now those warehouses used to all be refrigerated and freezer warehouses for dead bodies during Vietnam. Well, they converted them. Uh, they're still freezer areas for foodstuffs. Uh, remember, uh, uh, army or Marine unit march on their feet. Uh, it's food, beans, bullets, band-aids that easy. That's your logistics. Um, Anyways, it's PWR, Preposition War Reserve. And so they would have meat in these freezers. 
Anyways, one night I get a call in there and uh, I go rolling up thinking nothing about it. A couple guards said something was going on in a PWR warehouse. So I go there. Yep. There was a black um, PWR guy, uh, guard, and uh, he's ash color. I mean, white ash. Like you've been camping on a fire for a while. You know what I'm talking about, brother? I saw and that same the, exact uh, turn of color in my father's face. Uh, my father's a little darker than I am. He was stone cold white. Yes, and it, and it looks odd. I've seen people yep. of the same skin tone get that from seasickness, too. It's the only two times I've seen it, okay? Or they die. Now, you have to understand, they'll, they'll turn whitish or ashen, but their blood will coagulate on whatever is on the ground. So you'll have blotchiness. It, it, anyways, I'm getting too macabre. And then the white person was just totally white. There was no peach, no skin tone at all. Well, my father was and, because of what he saw. My mother, I mean, she looked uh, from when she was breathing to the moment that she passed. Uh, you're absolutely right. Also, there, I mean, she turned completely uh, like like ashy white, um, and it was not her complexion at all. She like it really like almost was instant. Yep, it is. Once the blood yeah. stops flowing, it's done. Yeah, and yeah. it's not being oxygenated. Um, so, anyways, I I go up there and, and they're like, uh, he, he, he's in there. I told this story on Art Bell. I I know you remember it. Some of the, your fans may remember this story too. So you know, I'm a young MP, fresh out of the Gulf War. Didn't wasn't afraid of shit. Uh, thought I had balls that clank when I walked and and had a big ass head. And trust me, folks, if you get a big head, the best thing that happens is if you get that head popped by doing something stupid. Anyways. Point is, something I go running. In, something down. in there sounded very sexual, but go continue. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm in head on the head, not. I know, I know. <laughs> I get it. Hey, we're having fun, man. That's what it's about. <laughs> I go jetting down this aisleway that the guys were like, down there. And I'm just running full steam, brother. And I get to the end of it, and I look left, I look right, and oh, shit. This misty thing, it looked like it had, got to remember, this is mist or smoke. I don't know. I'm not going to say which because I'm not going to say what I saw because, I, you know, it is what it is. And the thing looked like it had arms, looked like it had a torso and a head. And honestly, the hands kind of moved a little bit and it looked at me. His head looked like he looked at me or he looked away one way or the other. But I figured he looked at me and I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to get this thing or I'm going to smell the flame or whatever it is. And I go jetting down there and uh, it just goes right through a full people don't understand military freezers are, are completely uh, they're, they're like the freezers at Kroger or Piggly Wiggly or something. They're not leaking cold. They're shut and they're metal. This thing goes right through it, this mist, and it, it, it had a cadence of a walk, but it went right through it. 
And when I got there, remember that door's not open. There's no cold I'm getting from that door. It was a chill and an ice I can't describe, except for a few times on Adak, Alaska, um, during the Cold War, after I left Germany. Germany wasn't even that cold. And uh, I slam open the door, and that thing, again, is sideways to me. Looks like he turns around and looks at me or turns around the other way because the head moved or whatever it was, but the arms were not so motionful and, and uh, it disappeared. And that's my ghost story. So hopefully that entertained you guys. But Tim and you both were hitting on some meaty subjects. We're definitely going to have him on again shortly because there's so much more I wanted to get into with him. Uh, but yeah, no, that was a phenomenally uh, fun hour uh, with uh, Tim, and we didn't even get into you know what he did with uh, dark matter, and uh, he you know for a little bit was sitting in the chair left by legendary Art Bell, and shared a lot of spooky stuff that they had done over the 14 years of investigating the paranormal and talking about ghostly activity and all kinds of stuff. And uh, I'm not a religious person, because you know, you know, I'm agnostic when it comes to religion. Right, right. But I do think that something happens to us when we leave this body, whether it's uh, a ghostly realm, whether we go to heaven, hell, uh, whether it's uh, you know, I said to Tim, whether we're playing an avatar of reality, uh, where it's a matrix, whatever it is, I don't think once you die, that is it. And I keep that hope alive because I do want to see my mother and other relatives, you know, that pass on uh, after I pass. So, you know, you always have the little hope that, you know, you are going to be able to see these people again. And uh, they're going to be able to uh, talk to you and, and have that kind of uh, love still uh, waiting for you. And uh, then we get to experience whatever it is we experience after that. Uh, if not, what a waste of time. I, I could concur with that, except I think there's some things that I'll say is uh, you have to think about faith. And what I mean by that is uh, everybody has to have faith in something. And um, and everything know, is faith-based. Uh, even ufology, it's based on faith right now because we don't have any concrete, hardcore uh, smoking gun. You know, everything, you know, religious, ufology, paranormal, until that smoking gun is 100% proven, it's all faith. I agree. And, you know, so people replace faith with religion, with politics. And, and you know, that's why communism exists. You know, it, it, it's a religion that doesn't have a religion, right? They're atheists, but they believe in the state. So that, that's problematic, at least. Um, the other thing that I'll say that's super easy to explain to folks is that in the game, you honestly don't have a political master because the reason why is it's about control. That's why when you saw after the beginning of, um, the war in Iraq, and uh, it lasted, I think it started about 2007, where you had Europe trying to get everybody licensed 
for Europeans to go over there. Americans didn't do that. Okay, now State Department had their own little thing where they would put you through WIPs, World Protection Service, uh, Worldwide Protection Service, I'm going to phrase that. Um, you had other agencies that were throwing similar things out where you had to qualify to go over. Um, but that was contracting, okay? Those agencies demanded it, and they contracted through a corporation. That corporation could be, uh, let's just use popular corporations that people may know. Blackwater, it could be Armor Group, uh, it could be Aegis. It doesn't matter the name. I mean, I've seen failures on companies, too. I know Aegis, uh, the company owner was Tim Spicer. And uh, during the uh, Papua New Guinea um, coup, where people got arrested, including Spicer, he got a $300 million no-bid contract for Iraq. I've never seen somebody fell upwards so much. Your thoughts on that one? Um, Hunter Biden comes to mind when it comes to failing upwards in life. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, but I'm saying <laughs> in, that, in that kind of game. You know what I mean? That's just well, it, because of daddy. Yeah. We both know well, that. Yeah, well, yeah, there's that too. Uh, no, but I agree. I, I've, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, none Biden related, uh, yeah, that's uh, one of the uh, few times I've seen somebody fail upward to that amazingly and make that kind of loot. It's incredible, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It, it, it boggles the mind, brother. Yeah, yeah. When it's I a head scratcher. It is. It's a boggler, isn't it? Yeah. But, uh, no, a lot of people got screwed by that, you know. I, I can think of a few names. Uh, I'm not getting into them. But it's in a documentary that I'm in, too, so I'm not going to pump that on your channel. The point is, and on my channel, I'm just not going to do it. It's self-aggrandizing bullshit. Um, what I noticed was um, there's just a lack of understanding from people. And I'll, I'll, I'm going to break it down. And these dudes were epic dudes from everything I've read. They were SF troopers. I did an entire show on it with two other people that are in the game in their own way. And that's all I'll say. Um, there is a big difference between a soldier, marine, airman, co-guardman, uh, navy guy, it matters not the MOS. They may have skill set, but they still rely on support from somewhere. Another support, okay? There's a big bailiwick to that. Um, and then you have contractors. They rely on their corporation to give them what they need, okay? Logistically, remember, beans, bullets, band-aids. Super easy to remember. Anything you need can be gotten to you in a different way. And, of course, I'm sure during these shows I, I will get in deeper on different ways people get shit. And some of it's not very legal. And you have to watch out for that. If you're going to actually do it the way I do it, you have to make sure you're legal, moral, and have your ethics intact. That means you're not doing anything illegal, anything immoral, or anything unethical. 
And that's the only way you're going to stay sane and whole in this business. Anyway, so now I mentioned it during the show. I teased it, folks. Notice I will tease things for the rest of the time. Every time I'm, I'm giving my Kaiser's Corner, when it comes to Castle's Talk Radio, I might throw in a little something that you might expect to hear. The gentleman that went to Venezuela. First off, I covered this on my show. They were blown. They were blown. It's amazingly fascinating in its badness. They were blown since the inception of it. Uh, Twitter was talking about it. Well, the Cubans pick it up. They're sharing it. Everybody knew what was about to happen. So, of course, Venezuela is going to be on the alert. Here's where the total retardation comes in. And it doesn't mean that those guys didn't think it was plausible. Uh, they had fishing boats and people that they thought were trustable. You're going into a country cold. That's not the way you do this. You first send in tourists. People that look around and scout. You get that shit done and you build a rapport with those people not in another country, which is where they were training, Colombia, which, of course, they're blown by the people who crossed the border. They did it right on the border um, because they were training people from Venezuela that were, you know, compassionate to this idea of toppling a government. And then they do a daylight insertion from fishing boats. In the midday. No, if you're going to do that, you do that shit at night. And that's some retardation there. But I can't blame the guys. The guys are probably slick. They probably are pretty cool. But that's where ego comes in. Your ego will fuck you more than it will ever help you. And you have to realize, is this thought properly? You have to have people buck against you saying, nah, brah, this is no good. Don't do this. Well, I think that was a failure too. And your thoughts just on what I've said so far to get some pushback or maybe not, brah. Uh, well, you know, I don't have uh, a lot of experience, uh, but Ego plays a part in everything, though. I mean, uh, you know, you got to remember that. Everything that uh, you deal with it when it comes to human interaction, even in wartime, everything is seen through ego. And and unfortunately, it's uh, that's part of the strategy. And you have to kind of know how to control your ego. And, you know, I can imagine, and especially when you're put in certain situations where uh, it's uh, not exactly a routine uh, situation because it, things can go haywire from one second to the next. Oh, I agree. The ego yeah. and the id, that's been talked about in psychiatry books forever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but the greatest point is that you have to have a sounding board. And it has to be local. And also... The insertion team should have had at least a pre-team go in and look at it on the ground as tourists. And it should have been the people who controlled it. Like I said, it's about control. 
That's where the ego comes in. I mean, who do you think wants more control than the person with a big ego? Yeah, but I mean, the control team was not even in country. Well, that's that's technical. Yeah, that's, that's technology right there. Well, you can say technology, but no, the control team... Because you're not you're not dealing with the same kind of dynamics. I guess this is a good point. Thank you for bringing it up because you're the first one that ever brought this up, and so I can define it. You're going into a country that's failing. Okay, that's a fact. Uh, you're going in to a place that uh, probably has spotty internet at best. Yep. And. So, if the actual team that's coming to support, basically, I believe it was a list with seeing all the gear they brought, it was a logistics team, and they only had pistols, no rifles. So, anyways, it, it wasn't correct what they did, and that, but that's probably what they were able to get. So, I can't really hate on some of it, but I also can hate on it for the lack of foresight, and you can always push back something. Does that come with a lack of preparation? Why would that um, you know, take place? Is it just because they weren't preparing right, bad leadership at the top? I mean, why would that happen? Oh, it's bad leadership. Yeah. I'll say that now. Uh, it was bad leadership. If When I've run something, and I'm at that point in my life where I, I have happened to have run some stuff, I've also, during the time I've run stuff, I went and took another contract as a guard. You know why? Because I wanted to get my feet back down on the ground. You have to base yourself in something. Everybody's not absolutely correct on everything, and I'm not either. And that's why if you're, if you're a program or project manager, your 2IC, your second in charge, needs to be somebody that disagrees with you vehemently and will push back on you. And both of you can disagree and then come to a understanding. And that keeps you sane. That keeps you making good decisions. I don't think that happened, especially with the lead team or the operations team, which is the head of it, isn't even in the fucking country. He's in an adjacent country. Training, quote unquote. Well, no, if your men are gonna put themselves are gonna hazard themselves, and that's why Tim Spicer got arrested, because he at least knew this. Now you gotta remember with Spicer in the in the uh, Papua New Guinea thing, um that was funded by Mark Thatcher, uh Khalil. A lot of names. Mark Thatcher was Margaret Thatcher's son. Uh, a lot of big money That's was being thrown at this. Okay, yep. and Eli Khalil, same way. You know, Muslim has money. Uh, I can't get into everything on that, but the point is, it didn't go off. But Spicer got arrested too. So did uh, Man. Um, why am I mind dumping his first name? Damn it. Uh, who was the overall? program manager of it okay uh so he had control of everything and uh the project you know that was a specific part of that project 
you have project managers that fall under the program manager. And so everybody was in play. Uh, man even got arrested. So these are just real things. Back then, um, Spicer was the front name for man's company that was Sandline. Just to give some clarity to this, because I know people look it up. Um, so the point is that they did it right, and it went bad. And it will go bad more often than it won't. Okay, especially a hit like that. That's old school hit, man. Yeah, it's a reality, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it just not correct to do that way. And if you don't have everything hitting on all cylinders, you cancel it. So what, it takes another month or two. Or three or four or six. You talk to the people who are funding it, and you tell them, we got burned. We'll regroup and redeploy but you have to think differently then and uh they didn't do that there was a lot of mistakes made like i said on my on my youtube channel sword point nine you'll hear an in-depth conversation that lasted a lot longer than this will and it was with other people that are in the game in different varying degrees and we all agree on these principles you go with your people uh, you don't leave them hanging out to dry. And that's basically what they did to those men that went there. And I, I can't blow shade on any of those men. Those men were trained badass operators. But they should have even have seen the fucking coming. And uh, because it is the digital age, everybody's got Twitter. If all of a sudden Cuba's tweeting your shit, and I'm sure most of them were speakers of that language. That's a problem. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, to, like I said, technology is a big player now because we have uh, not only Twitter, but there's so many ways to communicate back and forth uh, where it doesn't take a whole lot of resources like it used to back in uh, Kennedy's day or Nixon's era or even Reagan's uh, time in office. Uh, technology is uh, making it so much easier to get information across on the battlefield and across the world instantly. And so we can really now know exactly what every player is doing in the game. Mm -hmm. And it's data mining, even Facebook, Twitter, everything, uh, Discord, whatever it is. You have somebody that has the skill set, an IT guy, and that guy doesn't have to be in country, by the way, but he has to be able to monitor. And that IT guy has to be able to look at all these platforms and see, are we made? I.e., being made means they know we're coming. And this shit was going open source. And there's something that Robert David still pushes, and I'm in full agreement with him open source intelligence you'll learn more from that than you will on the ground not really on the ground if you're on the ground and you know what you're doing and how to collect it uh several agencies i can't get into them um well shit listen to robert um david stills show that he had on um what was it? Uh, 
open source intelligence. And they'll tell you the agency that I mean. There's only one, really. Uh, CIA's too, it takes too long. NRA, NRO, uh, uh, National Reconnaissance Office takes too long to get the information to the people on the ground. Now we're talking big army, Navy, Marine, Air Force, and Coast Guard. It, it still takes a long time, uh, to get that information, even as satellite stuff from NRO. Um, uh, so the point is you'll get more from the people on the ground that fill the temperature, see what's going on than you ever will from any kind of, uh, electronic intelligence. And that, that agency is the quickest to give you real time information. It, it is what it is. I'm not going to get into everything in depth, but so you don't have that as quote unquote, a consultant, a mercenary, whatever you want to call them. So professional soldier, soldier for hire. It matters not the name. It's all just fancy window dressing. Um, and that's pretty much on the intelligence side, how that fell. And they may have had a slick IT guy, but that IT guy was not covering everything, obviously. Because the after action on this, the look back, says it was blown from I almost day one. I mean, the owner of the company was... Yeah, anyways, I don't want to get into all that because that can be problematic. It was a bad deal. And those poor men are going to suffer for it. And uh, they're going to be used as pawns. Their life right now in a Venezuelan prison, you know as hell. Oh, that can't be and, fun. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're and they're being old. Don't don't think they're not being talked to by Cubans, North Koreans, Chinese, Russians. There, you can only resist so long. And they have the best people coming in there to talk with them. There'll be good interviewers and bad interviewers. And this is going to be a bad day for them. It's not just going to be Venezuelans. You know, so I guess I covered the intelligence portion of that. Uh, so then the operational thing, the guys on the ground should have looked back and said, hey, there's something wrong. I don't know these people. You're saying we, you can trust them. Well, I haven't met them yet. And, and that's a problem, too, with a project or a program manager not letting you meet the people that you're going to have your life in, the ha in, in their hands for a short amount of time. And you don't know if all of a sudden the Venezuelan dictator has that fishing boat captain's wife and child in front of a machine gun if you don't tell him what day, time, and everything else it's going to happen. And there was inter-border uh, talk. You have to remember, you got a, uh, because of Venezuela's failed state, people will go to Colombia to go shopping. Well, all of a sudden, there's a training camp with a bunch of Americans high-fiving. 
Well, they're going to go back to Venezuela and they're going to talk about it in a border village. And that information is going to go and go and go. So there were just so many weak links. But, you know, I'm armchair quarterbacking, which isn't fair. But in all honesty, it kind of is because this fucking was seen from a long ways away. And your thoughts on that, on my uh, my talk on that? Well, like I said, I don't know uh, too much about uh, the insides and outs, but uh, you're right when, I, when these things are not just something that spring off, you know, at the moment. These things are not only seen far away, but planned you know, uh, ahead of time, way ahead of time. And nothing happens on this, you know, in the moment. Like, uh, you know, even the Soleimani, uh, when we took him out, everybody's like, oh, you know, where did this come from? Do you not think we're not tracking these people on a daily, minute-by-minute basis? It's constantly happening. Oh, hell yeah. It's constantly happening. I mean, that hit did surprise me on one. You got to remember my Cold War beginnings. Um, Did you ever see the movie? uh, And I hate going to movies, dude, because they're always fucked up and wrong. (laughs) Some of them, uh, not all of them. Some of them might have a nugget of truth. uh, uh, Well, maybe a bit of truth, but I'm saying normally. A nugget. Just give them a nugget. Not a whole lot, but a nugget. nugget. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a nugget. Yeah, you'll find a nugget in a lot of them. Because you got to remember, they have consultants that work for them. Okay? That's another little nasty secret Hollywood didn't talk about. Uh, they do hire people that are consultants. You know, and like I said, I just told you what a consultant is. So, the point is that this movie uh, had Clooney in it. And uh, uh, Cruz's ex-wife, uh, the redhead, Nicole Kidman. And it was called Peacekeeper or Peacemaker. Peacemaker, Peacemaker. yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good and, movie. Uh, yeah, it was a good film. But there was a thing in the intelligence community, I see at one time, where there were certain people you didn't kill. Well, Soleimani, a lot of people talk shit. And I will. I mean, I, I didn't like him. He's the reason why EFPs were going into Iraq and Afghanistan. Okay? But I respected him because he was still a uniformed general. And it doesn't matter where, whether he's wearing a uniform or not. Everybody knows who he is. And he moves publicly. So it's not like it's a surprise that he moves somewhere. I can't hate on the True. hit. Yeah. Uh, but... It was something, there's a part in that movie where the guy says, some people you just don't kill. Because Soleimani actually was pushing back against the mullahs on a lot of shit. And was giving them temper. But, you know, I saw it under other presidents too, where they lied and said, this person didn't get killed. And then another one said, they killed him. Uh, It is what it is, man. But there, there's the fuckery that goes on, and I'm glad, look, Art Bell termed or conned the term shadow government. Shadow government, folks, is nothing more than the deep state. And that's a fact. 
And Art knew this. The deep state is SES, SIS, uh, Special Executive Service, Special Intelligence Service. It's the Comey's. It's the damn. And the FBI is truly fucked on this. Because without the public's acquiescence to any law enforcement, uh, law enforcement can't do their job. Same thing with intelligence. SIS, Special Intelligence Service. When you have people like uh, Brennan and Clapper doing the shit they did on this coup, they did a coup against Trump. People <laughs> don't think they didn't. And I, I've talked about there was a Cold War in the IC at one point. I know when it happened, and then I also know it became a hot war. So anyways, at this point... I think it's been a pretty good show. What do you think uh, on your side there, Angel? I, uh, I've had a, a great hour so far. I think uh, you're going to do a good job in this uh, Kaiser's Castle here on PSN Radio. And again, uh, I welcome you with open arms, man. Uh, your experience in boots on the ground and your view of things is going to be refreshing for a lot of our listeners and folks who don't have the background that you've had. And, uh, again, I have known you for a very long time, so I know the story, uh, you know, some of the stories you're going to tell, like, the, you know, like there are my stories at this point, but it's uh, a lot of the audience who don't know them and, and need to find out this information. Like the show coming up now with uh, the, the things that are coming out with the full-on gong and the things out of China that are just mind-blowing. Uh, you know, Mitchell, uh, Nicholas Gerber does a fantastic show on that topic. And I think you and him and uh, myself are you know, going to continue with bringing truth and information to the world. And it's like I like to call it, this is reality and realism radio for the mind. You sit back, relax, and just take it in and then do your own research. And at the end of the day, make up your own mind. Exactly. And... I guess my closeout's going to be the same one I use on Kaiser's Castle, on Castle Talk Radio, on PSN Radio. Public service. Sorry. Public close, streaming close. network. Yeah, there yeah, yeah. <laughs> It is public service, though. That's why I always think of it as public service. I always screw that up, bro. Uh, public streaming network radio. And I appreciate the time. And, folks, thank you for stopping by Kaiser's Castle and taking a seat on my big orange couch. I'm glad you enjoyed your coffee, tea, soda, or adult libation while we've been here. And remember, all I can say is the truth. With that being said, you know my ending. Shuff out. <laughs> <laughs>